Hey guys, and welcome to today's episode of Give It The Beans. Now, by the time this podcast goes live, uh, the gyms in England will be open. Um, if that is you, um, very jealous. Um, if you're in Scotland, we only have a, a few days left. Well, not too long left, just a couple of weeks. Um, if you are in Northern Ireland, uh, I pray that you guys um, find out soon uh, when the gyms will be open. Um, and when they, Whenever they do, uh, you can get back to absolutely fucking smashing it. So... It's been a it's been a long lockdown, hasn't it? Long lockdown, um, and I think that that sense of frustration um, that a lot of people had back in sort of late January, early February, when we kind of like when we were kind of fully aware, like holy shit, this is going to go until the end of March. Um, a lot of frustration going around, and, and that sort of changed. There's a certainly a, certainly a shift in the wind um, to more excitement, you know, elation, joy, happiness, um, like eagerness just to get going. If clients are in a push phase to continue that but to take to the next level, if clients are recomping or dieting to again take it to the next level, get access to the machines that they solely need, such as the leg press or push machines or cables or whatever it is. Um, so yeah, I cannot wait um, for the gym to open specifically for clients. Uh, myself and Ali, um, we, we've bought a heck of a lot of kit. Um, not all of it's arrived yet, some of it's on its way. Um, so we you might see us um, infrequently in the gym until then. I think that once all the kits arrived, I'll probably um, train solely from uh, the garage of gains that we uh, that we have been using. And uh, but anyway, I, I guess I need to stop rambling um, and get on to today's podcast episode because it is a juicy one. Um, I had someone request this after the sort of designing your push day um, and designing your leg day episodes. So designing your pool day. Um, now let's be honest, regardless of your competitor or not. If you're a guy, you know, or some females, you know, who doesn't want to have a thick and a wide back? You know, the answer is probably, you know, everyone. Um, and you're probably thinking, right, well, Vaughn, is a pool day and a back day not the same thing? You know, the old school bodybuilders or the people that follow like a bro split have, have historically had a set day where they train back. Um, however, what I would say for the kind of, uh, you know, beginner to intermediate gym goer, um, or you could even say the new school bodybuilder, a pool day, is certainly going to be, in my opinion, far more productive um, and going to provide a greater stimulus to grow your back in those early stages. Now, if you are, if you get up to a certain level of size um, and you're an absolute monster, you maybe need to have a sole back day. But I think in your early days, um, like, you know, I, I'm sitting now uh, today recording this at 126 kilos. I was up at 132 um, and I still have a back day. So, anyway, what's the difference between uh, a back day and a pool day? You know, they're very, very similar. But the difference is, on a pool day, you know, we're probably going to hit our glutes and hamstrings as well through the likes of, you know, deadlift variations. Um, and then other sort of typical muscle groups that you're going to commonly see trained on this day would be like biceps, traps, and, and usually like the, the rear delts. But um, I'd say the benefit of sort of structuring your split across the week to incorporate a, a pool day um, it's just going to mean that you can increase the the frequency at which you train the mus musculature in your back and those other ones um, across the week, which ultimately will lead to, to more growth. And, you know, you might, for example, train pool twice a week or you have one pool day or one mixed day where you hit um, a little bit of push or a little bit of pool like, or a full body or something like that. But there, you know, there is actually so many factors to take into consideration when designing your pool day um, 
and what movements to put where based on where it is in the week. So the, the whole sort of aim of this podcast is to, to help you give a help you give or make your own sort of conclusive decision on when you're going to do specific movements, when you're going to put your pool in and things you should take into consideration. So first thing we'll talk about is lower back loading and, and lower back sort of pain and injuries can be incredibly common amongst bodybuilders. Um, personally, I believe it has a lot to do with how workouts are programmed and I'm not just talking about individual workouts, you know, I'm thinking about writing the the programs for the whole week, the whole week's rotation um, in mind. So the first thing you're going to need to consider when looking at sort of exercise selection uh, before we get to sort of um, width and, and density would be kind of when your pool day is in relation to your other workouts because its implications for your lower back and that sort of accumulation of fatigue in, in those sort of lower back large st- stabilizing muscles is going to have a direct impact on other days. So Let's consider the, let's just take a deadlift. Everyone knows what a deadlift is, right? Um, and that could probably be pulled, put into or programmed into like a pool or a lower body day. But let's say you've, in your, in your eyes, you're, you're going to put it in on your, your pool days. If, um, if we look at your training week and your training week kind of went lower, push, pull, you know, you could probably assume that your lower back would, would maybe be ready to go again by the time you get to pool, maybe you've got a day of rest in between, um, once you've trained lower and push, then you maybe have a day off. Um, that would work absolutely fine. However, if the situation was flipped on its head and you had a sort of pool day following, followed directly after a lower day, you, know, you might want to consider uh, avoiding any sort of lower back movements and avoid deadlifting at all costs because although your lower back's not directly worked when you're training lower body. Um, it is required um, to stabilize. And if you build up that sort of fatigue from the deadlift in your lower back, and then on, you compound that with the neural fatigue that you'll experience, um, you're just going to feel kind of beat up going into that pool day. Um, and it's probably going to affect your performance if you if you were to deadlift. So given that your leg days are arguably one of the most demanding sessions uh, of the week, you know, you really would be sort of shooting yourself in the foot, risking pure performance, and if not risking an injury, um, if you were to do some sort of lower back loading the day after um, doing doing lower. So, you know, before you go in through the kitchen sink at it and just train sort of willy-nilly, um, it's kind of worth considering when you're going to be training um, pool. Um, maybe perhaps your training um, pool the day before legs. Um, the same rules still apply. I think that you would want to to try and keep lower back loading to a minimum on that day, just so that your lower session wasn't affected. Um, you might come at me and say, "But Vaughn, you know, my pool um, is a weakness," and I would say that's absolutely fine. But at the same time, you want to bring up your legs, so you can just have one pool day that is non lower back loading, that's pre pre legs, and then the next day that is next pool day across the week that's where you have a little bit of loading in uh, but I'll get to that later on in the in the sort of podcast episode so we've had a th- we've had to think about you know lower back loading and, and if we're going to choose to do it or not ultimately if you can I would absolutely recommend it and we all know that or it's commonly known within the bodybuilding industry that if you're thinking about hypertrophy the, the RDL short for Romanian deadlift is probably the best best in regards to hypertrophy um, mostly just because of the 
the eccentric loading uh, on the way down, which means like that when a, when a muscle is lengthening, so our glutes and hamstrings are lengthening as we go down an RDL, um, but our lower back's having to, to or, sorry, our whole back pretty much is having to hold in an isometric positioning. Um, but yeah, I've never met anyone that has a wide back or thick back that hasn't done some form of, of RDL or deadlift variation, which is definitely something I would put in. So, if, as I said, you've decided whether you're going to load your lower back or not. The, the next thing that you have to, or the next question you have to ask yourself is, is your back lacking width or is it lacking density? This is going to ultimately impact the exercise order. So width, I'm referring to how wide your lats are. You know, we talk about in bodybuilding a, a V taper, um, whereas density is going to refer to how much muscle mass your, uh, muscle mass, sorry, your upper back is going to have. This is something that maybe you've never even considered before. You know, for the most part in your early stages, uh, if you're in the early stages of your journey, you're going to need both. Therefore, the exercise you program program in will be included to kind of meet both of those needs. However, as you kind of get further and further into the journey, you're going to need to start getting more specific. By that point, you'll know if you're a bit wider than you are dense or vice versa. Vice versa. It's very rare you'll meet someone in the early stages that is been or developed sort of both the widths and density that they that they want or that is required perhaps for their for their um their sort of competition or show uh, whatever it is given as bodybuilders physique athletes we ultimately need to have balance so we can't just program willy-nilly or be emotionally attached to exercises and we should always kind of be programming according to to our weaknesses Many people think that just any back movement will hit every part of your back, um, which isn't the case. So that's where you're going to need to be mindful when it comes to, to sort of designing your pool day. So how do we go about this? You're probably asking. Well, as I kind of said, um, we need to take into consideration whether you will be deadlifting or not. So we need to talk about those examples, but then at the same time, we'll need to talk about whether you are lacking width or whether you're lacking density. Before we get into it, I'd always probably suggest wearing um, like weightlifting straps when you're doing it, just to take any focus away from your grip and to not be compromised by a limited sort of grip strength. So if you head over to the website, you can get uh, pick up a, a set of VW Physique wrist straps uh, for $9.99. Um, but anyway, moving on. So let's start with the, the first example. You've decided that you're not going to deadlift on your pool day because you've maybe perhaps trained lower body the next day. And you've also decided that width is your weakness. If that's the case, you're probably going to start with a pull-down variation where you can challenge the lats in their sort of length and range. If you're wondering what that is, think hand above your head, allowing the shoulder to elevate and also the shortened range. So flip side of that, driving your elbow down and pulling it in towards your lower back. You know, if you have access to some hammer strength equipment, a nice lateral front pull-down uh, would probably be the best machine to start on. Um, if you don't have that, however, just a standard sort of pull-down variation, maybe a D-handle um, single-arm variation on, uh, on the cables would work really, really well. So once you've done your sort of width exercise, that's when you'd move on to your density. So an example of that could be like a, a machine-based chest support row or a you know, chest support T-bar. Uh, what these allow you to do is like, you know, firmly secure your chest into the pad. In doing so, you're going to generate a heck of a lot of stability. You'll then be able to drive your elbows out and wide to target that musculature of the upper back. And because you've got a bit more stability with that chest pad, you're gonna, like your body's ability to produce force is gonna be heightened. 
common mistake you'll sometimes see within athletes is just letting their chest come off the pad. Now, if, you, if you, you're in a gym, right, and you watch someone do this, if they are allowing that, just watch what happens at the top of the movement. You'll see that that movement to allow their chest to come away from the pad, it's actually coming from their lower back. So they're, they're actually shifting tension away from where they want to hit, which is their upper back, and they're shifting it towards their lower back. So you want to just make sure that any movement in the lower back is kept to a minimum or absolute nil. Um, so again, you know, let's say you've finished that sort of upper back density movement, you then go back to width, then go back to density. So if we were to think of these four movements, we think of, and it was width that was the, the issue, um, isolateral pull down, the next one chest support T-bar, the next one could be a, a D-handle pull down, and the next one could be a, a chest supported row. Now, if your weakness um, was thickness and, and sort of density, as I said, you just flip that round on its head, right? So you'd start off with that chest supported T-bar, you'd then move to an ISO pull down, you'd then move to the chest supported machine row, and then you'd move to the, the sort of D-handle pull down. Um, your exercise might be more than four, four exercises long, but I'm just giving you kind of an, an outline, a thought process behind what I'm meaning. Um, then you maybe go on to do your your rear delts, your biceps, and etc. etc. Example number two, maybe you've decided, you know what, I am deadlifting on my pool day. So how does that work? Well, the good news is that not much really changes and the same principles still apply. In short, you know, you've identified your weaknesses, you're still going to perform that style of exercise move that's sort of first after the deadlift now, or the deadlift or its alternative, whatever it is. So exercise one would be your lower back loading, which is going to be your, your deadlift. Then if it's width, it's a problem. That's your width moves, that's your iso pull down. Then it's density, such as chest support T-bar, and then it's width again, D-handle pull down, and so on and so forth. You may be perhaps maybe not going to do as many exercises, um, you know, I mentioned say four previously, um, but because you've got the deadlifts in there, which we know stimulates growth really across the whole posterior chain. By that, I mean pretty much from the base of your hamstrings all the way up to the top of your traps. Um, I don't necessarily feel you, you know, I would class that as an overall density thickness move um, that everyone should should be doing, um, even if you are a, a big dude. Um, same scenario still applies if, if you felt that density was your was your weak point I'd still do a, maybe after a deadlift I'd still move on and do a, a chest supported T-bar row um, so I hope that you can see that if you have a specific goal and you're trying to develop a balanced physique there's quite a bit more thing uh, quite a bit more to think about than just rushing to the gym just smashing whatever pull movement is going to maybe perhaps inflate your ego you know you think oh well fuck on that chest supported T-bar I can do five plates I'm going to go and I'm going to do it first well if I look at you and I think that your back is thick as fuck but you lack width, I'm like, well, that, that exercise is probably going to be further down the chain. By the time you get to it, you're maybe not going to be able to do sort of four plates or whatnot. So next, you're pro you know, what we should speak about is frequency. So we've, we've talked about lower back loading, we've talked about width and density, we've talked about exercise selection, but let's, sit, let's talk about um, a scenario where we want to have, we want to be hitting some sort of back variation pool days, or whatever you want to call them, um, on twice a week. So, going back to the start, you know, really important that we can hit 
muscle groups frequently across the week, going to stimulate overall a little bit more muscle growth. Um, and I'll typically program in back twice a week for clients in the early days. Even for clients that are well into their journey, men's physique guys, you know, that are high level, they're doing um, they're doing back at least twice a week. So let's take let's take exa- example one, where someone's maybe going to someone's maybe going to train um, lower push pull off lower, and then they're maybe going to do an upper session, and they're going to be off again, then go back to the start. So let's have a think about what we said in regards to lower back loading. So lower back is going to get hit a little bit from lower body training on day one. Day two, it's going to be somewhat recovered. And then day three, when you get to your pool, that's where I would put in a deadlift variation, right? Simply because lower back should be somewhat recovered, but then also we're maybe going into it still a little bit, not beat up, but still a little fatigued from lower, but we know we've got a day off the next day. So we know we can smash ourselves to smithereens, right? Day off, lower back recovers right in time for lower body the day after that. Oh, the day after that, which is upper, which may be a combination of, you know, chest and back and chest delts and back. Well, since we've had lower body the day before, we wouldn't put uh, a deadlift variation in that. So there's a scenario by which you could have pool, you know, two effectively pool days. One is okay, one's a half pool day because it's a kind of full upper day. Um, but that's a scenario which you would be conscious of, okay, right, I'm, I'm putting um, lower back loading in a specific point. Now, let's say you're on a, a different rotation um, because maybe actually your focus needs to be more sort of pushing arms, right? And don't get me wrong, there's, a, there's thousands of rotations out there. I'm just going to give you guys a couple um, that incorporates kind of principles of what I'm talking about. So let's say that day one is actually a pool day. Day two, maybe becomes a lower body day. Day three, pushing arms. Then maybe someone's off. The day after that, maybe they train pool and legs. And the day after that, they train pushing arms and then they're off. So let's go back to the start. Day one is pool, right? Oh shit, we've got lower body the next day. Right, that means no deadlift variations on that day. That's where we do a lot of chest supported stuff, minimal lower back loading. So when we go into that lower body session, we're fresh. Pushing arms, recovering. The day off, it's recovering. When you go into your pool slash leg session, your posterior day, whichever you want to call it, you are going to be feeling fucking great. You are going to be ready to deadlift that fucker off the floor or RDL, whatever it is. Um, you know, rip, rip the fucking bar off the floor. And that's where you're going to put in your, your deadlift variation. Of course, these are just two examples of programs, splits. There's, as I said, there's, there's 101 splits out there. You gotta find the works, the one that works for you. Um, you know, you probably could have came at me and said there, Vaughn, but you know, that example two, what if you switched about and you did pushing arms on day two, and then you did lower on uh, day three, um, and then flipped on the other two, you know, so there is so many things to consider and I think ultimately my job as a coach is to program in a rotation that I feel will work and then just assess from the client's feedback, is it working? What's like, is there an issue? Is there some fatigue somewhere? Is there a niggle? Is something not progressing? Um, and then we can maybe perhaps look to make a change. But for the most part, it's going to be a little bit trial and error to you kind of find the 
the right split for you, um, which not, isn't necessarily the same as your bro or that guy on Instagram or female in, on Instagram that you see. Um, so going back to that, the sort of start of the podcast, I mentioned that a pool day can be a bit different because you know when we're going to target additional muscle groups, said rear delts, traps, biceps. Um, you might be wondering, you know, Vaughn, aren't these muscles targeted when performing pool, pool exercises? Could I just, um, you know, rubber them? And, you know, you'd be correct. They are sort of like hit as we're doing it. But I guess what, you know, what I should do is talk you through why I'd still um, perhaps choose to, to train them in isolation. And for example, let's say the rear delts is the first one. Uh, some people might have already well-developed rear delts. They're in fine balance with the rest of their physique. However, I find that most people don't. Right, and it's mostly because they aren't putting any sort of work or volume towards it. Um, what I've often found is that, that the rear delts themselves are a muscle group that need to be worked in more sort of the higher rep ranges. Um, therefore, you know, you should pro- probably opt for sets maybe 12, 15, 15, 20 and above uh, with a drop or a rest pause in there. And really, what you're trying to do is yes, they've already been worked with some heavy work, heavy rowing movement, movements that you've done. Um, but you want to stimulate blood flow in there, don't you? You need to think about the mechanisms of hypertrophy, one of them being metabolic stress, cellular swelling, and that's where you're going to hit it. You've already done the mechanical loading side of things, but then you want to incorporate that just to make sure that there's blood flow going to the to the tissue itself. And then, if we consider, I, I did mention the word traps, and, and if I'm honest, I very rarely do trap work myself, like direct trap work, and I very rarely... Um, in fact, I don't even think I actually program in at all. And this is mis- mostly because my clients don't need or want big traps. If you want to be, you know, a 300-pound bodybuilder um, and you want to be the biggest dude on the planet or above, yeah, okay, go program in some barbell shrugs. However, I think they've been early day- in the early days or as a beginner. Um, you don't necessarily need to be doing them. Like, they're going to get hit. Your traps in general are going to get hit when you're doing any sort of barbell row, smith row, even chest supported row stuff. Um, so nevertheless, if you want big traps, you're going to need to isolate them. Uh, if you if you, if you you do, a mix between sort of high, high reps and low reps is kind of be what I would, uh, what I'd recommend. And then sort of, I guess, finally, where bicep work, you know, um, what, as always, it's going to be completely down to the individual on how much bicep work that you'll do. Ask yourself, are your biceps big? Are they small? Do you need to add more size and density? You know, like every other muscle group, these questions uh, are things that you should be asking yourself, you know, across your whole programming. And then that'll impact how frequently you put them in, how much volume you put towards them, uh, whether you give them their own day, etc. etc. So, you know, if you are training them, the most you're like the most if you're training biceps on that day, the most of your bicep work is going to come at the very end of your pool session. You're probably going to do between two, three probably max four exercises personally i'll do three um, but i also train biceps on two other days across the week um, i have an actual set day for biceps um, and then I hit, I hit them on a push day as well now that doesn't mean that you need to go away and do that that's just simply because i have shit biceps and they needed brought up for my specific category now you might be listening to this and thinking right vaughn well i don't actually give a fuck about biceps and I don't give a fuck about a category. In that sense, um, you know, crack on. I just hope that this this podcast has given you a rough idea of the why behind maybe why I'll program in such a manner, why others will program in such a manner. And hopefully it's something you can implement 
into your own training. Um, and if you do, and you find that you get some pretty good results with it, please do let me know. I would I'd love a message in a, in a few weeks, a few months. Say, hey Vaughn, uh, I listened to that sort of episode about designing your pool day. I tried some stuff and you know what, my strength's through the roof. Or um, I've started hitting it twice across the week and I'm only deadlifting on one day now and I feel way better and my lower body sessions are up. And you know, th- these are all things that I, I would love to hear. And one of the reasons why I put this podcast out is just to help bring sort of information that's that, sh- that I wish I had um, back at the start of my journey and it, it would have helped so much and um, so often I try and speak to speak to, to people that are that were where I was a few years ago um, and hopefully the these podcasts um, uh, you get a rough eye you know that message comes across you know this is now episode 89 um, I've enjoyed recording each one um, from I would need to go back and count the amount of guests I've had on um, and then on top of that doing the ones on my own. Um, the target was to get to 100. Um, I'm sure once that's boxed off, the, the target after that will be to get to 200 episodes. Um, remember that if, if there's any sort of episodes that you would like to hear or you want to know more about, you can always throw you know throw a suggestion in the, in the sort of suggestion box. Just drop me a DM on Instagram. My inbox is always open. Um, I'll consider uh, if it's a an appropriate topic um, for the listeners of the podcast, whether they'll get more value from it or not. If it's very, very specific, then then I maybe not. But if it pertains to, to the sort of target audience that I try and speak to, then absolutely I'll talk about that, no problem. So again, I guess I'm going off on a tangent. In summary, I guess I could say that training or designing your pool day and implementing that across the week in regards to frequency it can be fairly complex you know, you have to take in consideration your your weekly sort of training rotation um, deciding whether you're going to deadlift or not on a set pool day you know your first pool day or your second pool day um, similarly you're going to need to establish whether you know, your back muscularity is your weakness um, like the, the sorry the density is, is the weakness or your, your weakness is, is width um, and whichever one that you decide that's going to impact which one you'll do first um, in the exercise order and effectively the reason you're doing that is because you're going to have more energy to put into that set and you're not going into it as fatigued as you would be if you did it second or third um, so with those factors in mind I hope that you're able to hit pull or your back twice across the week with, without it impacting on your other days um, if you do struggle, as I said, always drop me a DM. You just need to just need to bear in mind that, that sessions, like pool sessions, have to sort of fit in and complement the rest of your program. And if your current pool sessions are negatively impacting other days, then have a li- re-listen back to this podcast and see how you can maybe change up your, your weekly rotation to make sure that doesn't happen. And can sometimes it can be a total quick fix. Sometimes you can be like racking your brains for a few hours like, God, what to do? And then all of a sudden you think about it and you're like, oh, damn, why didn't I think of that in the first place? God, I'm so stupid. And when you're not stupid, it's just that sometimes we get so caught up um, with what we're doing and just the the usual monotonous day-to-day that sometimes taking a step back and reviewing your sort of program, how how I'm putting it across to you, um, can make you instantly instantly find out the reason. So that has been three podcasts now, one that was about designing your leg day, your push day, now your pool so that kind of covers everything that that i would sort of program in however um i will tend to program in push and arm days 
posterior days, laying back days. So it's not quite as simple, but I hope those those sort of podcasts gives you the, the foundations for you to then build build on. So, as I said at the start of the podcast, if you are been using the gyms this week, it's been a long time coming. If you are still, you know, you've got a couple more weeks to wait, um, hang on in there, um, it will not be very long. And if you're in Northern Ireland, well, I don't know. I don't know what else to say apart from that. <laughs> I hope that you guys find it soon. But listen, guys, wherever you are across the United Kingdom or wherever, you know, across the world, um, the same message still applies. Whatever you are, whatever you do, give it the beans.